Hey everybody, it's Richard Harris and my arch nemesis Scott Lease from Fantasy Football. We had the family draft yesterday, joining us for another episode of Surf and Sales. But more importantly than that, we've got a really amazing guest today. I'm gonna let him tell us about his organization, where he's come from, but it's Nimit Bot. So Nimit, welcome to the show. We really appreciate it. And of course, before we go further, sorry, Nimit, we got to give a shout out to our two sponsors, Gong. So if you're looking for uh, better coaching capabilities within your sales team, definitely check out Gong and certainly check out Lead 411, Lead 411, if you're looking for uh, intent data, direct dial phone numbers. So we couldn't do this without them. So Nimit, now I now welcome. <laughs> tell everybody where you're from. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Long time listener, first time caller. Thanks for having me. Um, so, uh, yep, Nimit Bot. I, uh, I head business development and partnerships at Memory Blue. Uh, we are a sales development as a service firm, uh, specifically for BDB technology companies. So you can think of us as renting an entire SDR team from the manager to the tech stack, generate qualified opportunities, and actually have the ability, uh, all of our clients have the option to hire our SDRs directly from us. So as they decide they want to build the function in-house, we help them with that entire transition. So I've uh, been with the company for about eight and a half years. I started as an SDR. Uh, after about nine months, was promoted to an SDR manager position uh, out of our uh, HQ just outside of DC. I ran uh, an SDR team there for about two years and then had the opportunity to move to Austin back in 2014 to open up our office there. So packed up, the, packed up the apartment, the car, drove down there with a team of about six people, grew that operation to about 30 SDRs, and then also took over uh, our management of our San Jose office as well. So I'd say probably at, at the height, I had about 60 to 70 SDRs that rolled up to five managers that rolled up to me um, and uh, did that for several years. And at the beginning of this year, moved into a new role with the company. Uh, running business development and partnerships, help, helping us expand our partner ecosystem. And uh, pre-COVID, as the guy that's going to be going to all the events and running workshops and sitting on panels and um, you know doing doing all that all that fun stuff uh, before the pandemic made it all virtual. Um, so uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. So you, I mean, you have Richard Nimit has been with Memory Blue basically as long as I've lived in Austin. That that's like. An eternity. That's 25% of my my life, um, and I'm I'm always kind of blown away by people who have that kind of staying power. And you've had a half dozen roles, it looks like. Yeah, lived in four or five different places on this particular journey. Mm -hmm. What is it about? the the company or the or the roles that just like keep you coming back and keep you interested in this particular product because i think to myself i would be bored stiff talking about the same product for a decade yeah. more plus right yeah yeah for sure so i mean a lot of it has to do just with the fact that you know hire you know hiring developing onboarding SDRs presents its whole array of challenges and makes the days very, very interesting. Um, some of the best days and some of the very difficult, challenging days of managing millennial SDRs or, right, you know, SDRs right out of school. Man, that's typically the types of folks that we hire is going to be right out of college. So that itself brings a whole sort of challenges and, and brings new things from the experience every day. Uh, but, you know, the, basically it really, it comes down to I've never been bored. I've always had a new challenge presented to me. You know, when I got good as an SDR, they said, hey, you want to, you know, how do you feel about management? I said, yeah, let's do it. 
did that for a couple of years. You know, when I felt like, all right, kind of what's next, they said, hey, do you want to move to Austin and open up our first office? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Did that. Um, and then it just kept, you know, every, every, every year or two, there, there, there's a new mountain for me to climb. And, uh, you know, there's something to be said for having the, that loyalty and, you know, the stability and uh, the impact, right? I, I report directly to the co-founders of the company. So, I can present new ideas, I can run with them, I can fail and, and just move on to something else if it doesn't work out. Um, so that, that's kind of what, what's kept me there. There's always, there's always a new challenge presented to me for, for me to tackle. When you talk about that piece, managing new SDRs just out of college, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's changed from five years ago, six, even eight years ago, even in the last year or two, and by all means, the last six months have, mm -hmm. have it is it is September of 2020. Um, have you gone through a hiring cohort from the latest recent college grads in May? Uh, we're just starting to, yeah. Just yeah. starting to. What are you noticing? Just for people who are listening, what are you noticing from them in the interview process that might be a little different? Maybe they're asking different kinds of questions than you're, you're used to hearing. So I think before there was more. I guess, it, you know, they, they viewed Memory Blue as kind of like a, you know, or the SDR role in general as, as a very short term, you know, stepping stone to the next thing. And I think there's starting to be a little bit of a shift into kind of thinking farther ahead into the future because there's so much unknown. And I think the pandemic has shown a lot of people that you need to have kind of a plan in case something you know, like this would happen again. Uh, does, that, does that mean that they're, they're not asking about, am I going to get promoted in six months? Or does that mean... You know, they're starting to ask questions around, okay, well, if I do this for a year, what's next? Like, are they, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of that. And it's, it's less of, you know, I, I used to find that, that SDRs, when they become SDRs, they want to, they immediately start thinking about how no longer to be an SDR and kind of move on to the next thing. Uh, but I think now, well, at least what we're seeing is there's a little bit more patience. Uh, Did we lose him? Uh, I was wondering if it was me who froze. So, I think it's him. I think so too. Well, what are you seeing when you interview people for SDR roles? Let's fill it. <laughs> Man, you 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 gotta find. We've talked about this many times before, I think. But you, like, you gotta find creative people. I think in in today's like super crowded inbox type world. Um, I've been telling yep. a story lately of uh, this time that I sent tickets. <clears throat> to somebody and ended up getting the deal. Um, I, I was talking to Dale Dupree on his podcast the other day about all his random crazy strategies and, and things like that. I think creativity is like one of the most essential kind of uh, skill sets now. And, you know, I'll see if Nimit wants to add to that. We lost you there for a second, Nimit, but welcome back. Yeah, yeah thanks. Sorry about it. I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> Sorry, right, we're we're professionals here. We know what we're doing. <laughs> as long as you guys are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so you were you were you were starting to say about SDRs and some more specifics in the interview process that you're noticing. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know I think there's an element of of a more calculated patience that you're seeing that understanding that you know promotion might not come in nine months, but if it comes in twelve or fifteen months, that's okay. Um, I think because there's more think, you know, job security, job safety, that stability, I think is, is one of those things that people are looking more and kind of, kind of see more value in. 
um, you know, especially with everything that, that that's been going on. Um, but but I wouldn't say it's it's drastic or to the point where I mean it, we're seeing a, a, a see lot. Do you get a greater sense of humility? Yeah, the people yeah. not and not that they're desperate and they're trying to kiss your ass to get a job, yeah. but I mean, it's just sort of realizing mm-hmm. what the world is. I think so. I think so. Um, I mean, th- this is kind of an unexpected time for for a lot of people. Um, so yeah, I mean, I th- I th- there there definitely is more more humility. I think, um, but uh, but I mean, the good thing is is you know they're they're, they're kind of seeing the value in in this type of role and that the, in, in that SDR anywhere. I mean, it can open up a lot of doors for you and kind of it's it's a great place to get your sales career started. Do you think the SDR is the hardest role in sales right now? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm I'm a little biased, right? But uh, but I, mean, I I tend to agree yeah. with you, but I want to hear yeah. you explain why. So I think it was already difficult enough to reach these prospects, and and there were already enough objections that that you run into as as a sales professional, especially at, at the SDR level. And what the pandemic has done in the past few months is that it's made it even more difficult to reach people. It's made it you know you know what went. Before, when a prospect said, we don't have any budget, that a lot of times it's like a brush off objection, right? They just say that just to get you off the phone. But now they're actually pretty serious <laughs> that they literally don't have budget or they don't know if they're going to have a job next week. So as the SDR, when you're so used to, you know, I need, I need a more transactional, I got to qualify, I got to book the meeting, I got to move on. Well, now they got to take more of like a, oh, okay, I got, I got to show some empathy here. I have to have real conversations with these people. And that's just making the, the job even more difficult. Uh, you know, we all know that the SDR job is hard, hard enough as, as it is, but when you throw an obstacle like a pandemic in the way, it's going to make the job even, even more difficult. And that's, that, I mean, that's where all the research is done. That's where all of the, the pre-qualification is done for the AE to then take and, you know, close it from there. What's getting through the noise, right? What is, you know, have you seen certain, you know, Scott was talking a minute ago about creativity and how he sent tickets mm-hmm. to somebody. What are you seeing um, getting through the noise? So it's, I think the SDRs in general, that used to be very short term focused that, you know, if I, if I can't get this meeting booked for this prospect on the, on this first call or in the next three weeks, it's not going to be worth my time. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to let the AE worry about the, you know, using empathy and, and really getting to really getting into it and building rapport. And what we're starting to see is that SDRs, and you know, ours, you know, mainly based on you know, talk time is increasing and conversion rates are, are increasing is because they actually ha- are having real conversations with, with prospects. They're, you know, they're asking questions about, you know, how, you know, how, how they're doing, asking more questions about you know, exactly how the buying cycle works there. And just overall, just kind of not, not being so assertive and so pushy, but, but demonstrating a level of empathy and a level of storytelling that, that I think is, is providing more value in, in a way than just sending someone an email. You said something at the very beginning when we got started here mm-hmm. about how you know, your team can actually kind of get hired by your clients. Mm-hmm. And I was struck by that. And I was thinking, well, that's kind of weird. You like go in and help these people and then some of the SDRs do so good or whatever that they go work for these people full time. And then you've got to backfill yep. those people, right? Talk, exactly. talk, talk to me about that, about that model. That, that's got to be both a blessing and a curse a little bit, no? 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and and to go back to the, the question you're asking about what's what's kind of been keeping me engaged, keeping me here, it's the fact that we're always hiring new people. Is that you know the, the SDR team that I would have today? Well, in three months, it's going to be it's going to look completely different. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, with our model, we do see a lot of people leaving, um, and we hire a lot of SDRs because of that. So last year, we hired 195 SDRs company wide. Uh, the year before that, that was 170. Year before that, 150. Uh, so we, you know, we really see ourselves as kind of that, you know, it, we're an outsourced SDR vendor, but we're firm believers in that company should do it themselves. They should have their own SDR teams and they, you know, they should build that function in-house. Um, so we help them with that, tra with that transition to make, to make that, that happen. Now, now that's even more interesting because the next question I was going to ask you was, I have gone on record before saying I don't, I, I'm not a fan of like outsourced SDR groups and, and sure. And that's not a knock on memory blue. That's more, yep. more along the lines of what you just said, which is you're a proponent and a believer in teams doing it in-house and you're, you're sort of teaching them how to do it in-house. So el elaborate on that um, a little bit. Maybe, maybe talk about why you think it is better for orgs to do it in-house because I'm, I'm with you on that part. Yeah, well, because... I think that that's the better path for the SDR. When, when, when they get to go be an SDR directly for a technology company, that opens more doors for them within that organization to move into, you know, if they want to go and, and, and carry a bag, they can do that. If they want to go into marketing or ops or enablement, they have that opportunity to, to, to do that. Uh, and of course, with us, they have opportunities to, to get promoted and, and go into similar type roles. But, um, uh, you know, it's, it's such an important function, especially in B2B tech, that you know, companies need, need, need to do it themselves, but they have to do it the right way. Because we've seen SDRs get hired by their clients and it's great, but then we see them looking for a job in six months because that company didn't have the structure in place, the bandwidth, the, 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 tech, the tech stack, um, and they didn't, they didn't create enough paths for that person, gave them enough attention and coaching and, and leadership. So, you know, so we've seen it go the wrong direction so many times that, you know, we, we rather you know, teach these companies how to do it themselves and set them up for that to be able to do it and use us as a way to, you know, to, to, to build that whole function in-house. That's really interesting. I've, I've never, there's two unique facets to, to what y'all do and how you operate there that I think are, are pretty uncommon. What it, this is shifting gears a little bit, mm -hmm. but um, I would imagine most people who are working in, smaller startups or and or are hiring managers they might have passed out real quick when you said that you hired between 150 to 200 sdrs a year yeah. in the yeah. last couple of years for those of you keeping and where track, the fuck do you find them <laughs> we, 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 we can get to that too what's the uh what kind of professional tips can you and, and insights can you provide to people who might struggle to hire one or two sdrs let, let alone you know one or two a day like you guys are almost averaging. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it is, I mean, you know, you, you have to make sure that there, there is a path set up for them, that, that there is kind of a next step, you know, no matter how long it is, if you make it clear that, you know, you know, we, we treat our SDR team as a farm system to, you know, to, and, and that, you know, you do well, that opens doors for you to, to go be an AE in, in, in a year or two. Making that really clear, um, I, I think is big. Uh, and just, kind of convey that you have a way to train them and coach them. And that, 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 that's, that's a whole other area. That yeah, but how do you, 
Yeah. But let me ask you this, and before, before I go on, particularly for those who are watching the YouTube version, all this twi twitching you see me do is there's a fucking fly flying around and landing on me. So I promise I'm not tweaking out. Um, but um, how, where do you find them? Mm -hmm. Like, the, it's not a question of can you have the right career path? I think we all understand that at this point, right? But like, are there that just that many available in the Austin area? Are you, because it's a remote world, you're hiring them anywhere and you're doing it remotely? Like, how are you guys leveraging that or figuring that piece out? Yep, so a, a big part of it is, is, is we've got a great employee referral program internally, right? I mean, that, and that's not anything crazy and unique that we're doing, but just having that in place, when you hire that many SDRs, those SDRs know other people that they would wanna refer. And if they get a couple hundred bucks for referring somebody, that, that definitely helps. Uh, we, you know, we feel the SDRs that we hire, we put them through a six or seven step interview process uh, that includes a personality assessment, includes a, a role play and several interviews. So, and, and we look for people that, you know, that, that had college experiences, you know, if, you know, not, not college degree is not a requirement, but if, if, if they were in college, you know, were they part of a fraternity or sorority, Did they play a sport, any kind of extracurricular activities and those people tend to know, you know, when, and after they graduate, they know people that are still there with looking for a job when they graduate and they, and they refer for first in. Um, and us, so, so what, are the, what are the things you're doing? SDRs. Did you hear that? What? And interviews for SDRs. Did you hear that? No, we lost you. We lost you, Scott. Or did you lose me? <laughs> We're having technical difficulties today. Terrible. I, 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 was, I, I stopped because I heard Nimit say that they have six or seven interviews for the SDRs. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Yep. And we're constantly doing it. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, wow. we, 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 we always have the backfill. What, so talk to me about the personality assessment, right? Yeah. Um, what kinds of things are you looking for there? Yeah, so it's a it's a disc assessment. I don't know if you guys are yep. familiar with. Yeah, so so, 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 so we, we use disc. We we benchmark the scores against you know what they call a, a successful inside sales professional. So you have to be highly driven. You have to be highly confident. You have to uh, kind of be less cautious, cautious, um, and a little bit more spontaneous. So there there's a whole formula and algorithm that 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 we it's a, it's a pass fail. So if they hit certain metrics and they show a certain score on, on their D and their I versus their S and their C. Yeah. But then, what does that mean? Like if I'm a listener, yeah. right. And I'm saying, wow, this is a great idea, you know, without, without giving away the formula to Coke, you know, um, yeah. what do, what do you, what are a couple of things besides, you know, competitiveness needs to be at this level or, you know, courage, courage needs to be at that level. Like, what are you seeing? So, I guess, so throughout the whole process, um, the things that we look for, I think more than, the, than the, the, the assessment, it's the actual role play exercise that we put them through. Like that, they're gonna be able to, to make it. So we actually put, we give them a scenario at least 24 to 48 hours ahead of the interview where they have to cold call the manager who's conducting the interview. Um, so you know, if it's me, um, I have to act as a VP of marketing at tech company X, and they have to try to sell me or try to book a follow-up meeting uh, for memory blue. 
So they, you know, so they, they, it shows how much they know about the company and we kind of make it fairly straightforward with them. We give them the questions that they should be asking that we give them the questions that they should be expected to answer. And so we look to see you know, how prepared were they? Did they do the research? Did they rehearse how they sound on the phone? We don't necessarily look for perfection. So after they go through the whole process, we coach them on it. And then we look for you know, the body language, their engagement. Are they, are they taking notes or are they getting defensive? And then we have them do it again to, to see if they actually picked up a couple of things that, that we coached them on. Cool. And what are you seeing in compensation change? Are you seeing compensation go down in SDR world now that we're in COVID or are you seeing it stay the same or, or increasing? So, yeah, I mean, I think it, it depends on the market. So, you know, we have an office in San Jose and the Bay Area is a whole different beast when it comes to SDR compensation. You have, you got SDRs making 80 or $90,000 basis out there. Um, so it, I, we're actually seeing it go up and, and there, um, but everywhere else it's been saying fairly the same. So we're in DC, Boston, Denver, Austin, and San Jose, and we're opening up Seattle later this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of seeing it fairly the same everywhere else. I have, I have a hypothesis and I'm curious if I'm how right or wrong I am. Mm -hmm. I have a belief that, you know, a lot of sales reps have gotten laid off because of COVID, yep. unfortunately. And I think that when people start to hire again, they're going to realize what we've been saying, what those of us who know have been saying for a long time, I should hire a bunch more SDRs before I hire a bunch more AEs, right? Because there's not enough, of, you know, let, let's keep all our AEs happy, right? And let's set more appointments and we can do that with a lower cost. Are you seeing that? Do you agree, disagree? So, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I agree that, that you, you have a strong SDR team. Um, I think it would just depend on the organization of what their ideal SDR to AE ratio is going to be. And it just depends on the actual product and the costs and everything. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm always going to believe that, that companies, especially when we get through everything that's going on, yeah, they, like they, they should be building up their SDR teams because there's going to be so much business out there for them and, and the AE is not going to pick up the phone and, and make calls. So having a team that that's, that's there to do that. And then having that SDR ready in, you know, a, a several months to a year to maybe start taking those initial calls and maybe taking the, 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 the prospect farther down the sales cycle. I think that that's overall, overall that's, that's going to help the organization. Why won't the AEs pick up the phone and make calls? This is like the bane, yeah. right? The bane of my <laughs> last like, week. Why, why has the full cycle AE become a, a, a dying breed or a disappearing breed? So, yeah, I think one, it's, it's becoming increasingly more difficult to reach people and it requires a lot more research and personalization. And if you just look at how many hours are, are, are in a day, it's, it's gonna be very tough for an AE to do that consistently and at, and at scale. So they kind of see that number one. Um, number two, they're probably just not good at it anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, it, it, it's like, it's because, not because too much time has gone, has passed now since AEs actually made calls. So they're rusty at it. It's cold calling is not like riding a bike, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I equate cold calling to, you know, if, if you, if you work out consistently and you build up your, your strength to lift a certain amount and then you stop working out for several months, when you, when you start doing it again, you're not going to be as good as you were before. You got, you got, you got to build up that strength again. And I, I, I see cold calling in, in, in the same way is if you don't do it for even, even a couple of weeks, you're, you're going to start feeling a little, a little rusty. Um, and I, th I think that that just plays into it. And 
I've, I've seen the AE's little, a little sense of entitlement with, you know, with, with, with that, with that role too, of like, no, I'm, 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 I'm closing, I'm closing big I, deals now. I, I I will go, let me speak for you since I don't have to report to any of them. I think there's a lot of <laughs> entitlement. They don't have to report to me. Right. I don't, I don't think it's a little bit of entitlement. They're like, I've been there. I've done that. I'm more valuable. There's still this sort of, um, you know, redheaded stepchild bullshit that exists. And it's so funny because it used to be outside sales versus inside sales. Now outside sales is the redheaded stepchild and teams are freaking out because they don't know how to run inside sales. And now it's all just been pushed. Like there's this constant push, in my opinion, whether it's from the sales leadership team of the AEs or the AEs themselves to not want to take on any level of a real accountability. Right. The really good ones do. The great mm -hmm. companies do that. Right. Um, there are tons of them out there. But when I see and hear this, it's always an accountability issue. So, um, you know, so I, I know you're being sensitive not to upset your clients. So I'll just say. all the <laughs> No, I, mean, I, I think it, it I think it comes with the actual target market. The more finite the target market is, the more hesitant that an AE is going to be to have an SDR pick up the phone and make calls because you might only have that, that one shot. And, and I think there's, I mean, we definitely see it because we're an outsourced vendor. So, you know, companies are already hesitant to have somebody that doesn't work for them picking up the phone and saying, hi, I'm calling from that company. Uh, but, and, and I think even internally, you see that between the AE and SDR teams. What, what's, uh, what's some of the most creative strategies that you're seeing work right now? I think everybody's like really stretching themselves, trying to get super creative right now. You got any good creative outreach? Numbers? So, you know, and, and this isn't recent, but I mean, the handwritten note is actually, I'm starting to see a little bit of a comeback with that. I mean, actually mailing somebody uh, like, you know, a, a handwritten note with, with some type of, you know, gift or something like that. Um, we, we've done campaigns where we, we, we've, we've done that with, with some success. Video is a big thing right now. Uh, I, I've yet to see it work, you know, super well at scale, but um, I mean, it, it seems to be the direction that, that a lot of companies are, are headed towards or SDRs are trying that as, uh, as a way. And, uh, I, and, and LinkedIn's becoming more and more prominent. I, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of a story uh, right, right, right now that I think would be at least good to, to share. Uh, if something pops up, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up. You, you brought up the mail piece, right? And, and we've talked about mm -hmm. this. Um, you know, are you guys using one of the services out there? There's a couple of them out there. Uh, no, because so we don't do it very, fairly often. It's typically just like a one-off. So if a client, if one of our clients is using one of the, yeah. But. How do you get, and which is interesting, because we've been talking about this um, in another group I'm a part of. And I think there's a little bit of an ick factor because in some cases you're having to ask for someone's home address, right? How are you guys getting to that piece? Or is it, no, Richard, we're only working with people in, you know, states where we know they're actually still going to the office and we're sending it to the office or we're sending it to the office knowing that it'll eventually get to them. Yeah. So right now it's just sending it to, to the office um, just because it's, it's difficult enough to, to get their, their home address. Um, sometimes the, the companies will forward it to, to their home address, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think if, if for sure too, I mean, yeah, there, there are more States where people are starting to go back to the office or at least, at least maybe once, maybe once, once a week. Um, 
so yeah, I wouldn't say we're doing it a whole lot right now, um, but at least pre-COVID, it, it, it was working fairly well. What is, what's a good video strategy you've seen aside from, hi, Richard, you know, I saw your LinkedIn profile and you hold up a sign with my name so you know I'm real. <laughs> Which were, like, that's, like, that's not creative anymore, Richard. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't use video <laughs> enough to know that. Maybe it is. Um, no, I, I'm making the joke because that was like the first video creation. Like, but we here. also pay attention. We've been paying attention to it for years, whereas I think it's still very new for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's 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 new for us too. I mean, it, I mean, outside of that, I haven't seen any anything more creative than Hi Richard with the holding up the sign. I've I've seen some people where they'll put, you know since I was in Austin they would wear a, a, a UT shirt uh, you know even though I didn't go to UT um, and uh, to try to personalize it but I was like that that's not gonna work. You're on mute, Richard. Well, first I muted him and then I muted me. Yeah. And then I unmuted him. <laughs> like, did I say something to offend you? <laughs> no. <laughs> This might be the most brutal episode. Um, so, so are you seeing things that do work though? Are you seeing that, you know, they are putting on a, a sports jersey or a shirt or something in video that's that's getting through the noise, or do you think it's still just so novel an idea that people like it? I, I, I think I think we're still in the early stages of it. I, I, I'm always welcome to hearing what, what what would work with it. For for I'm I'm a more old school. I'm still pick up the phone and make a call. I mean I I still think that is that's the best prospecting tool to have. Um, and that's kind of, that's what we preach here. We we always the phone first mentality. How many times a week are you getting called and prospected on the phone? Not a lot, which is why if somebody were to call me, uh, there's there's a better chance to reach me. Like more, more, can you fit it on one hand, two hands, or? Uh, I, I I'd say ten at the most a week. What about you, Richard? Zero. zero, zero. I get zero, and I actually give out my phone number yeah. all the time. Like if I'm on a webinar or something, I'll throw out my cell phone number. And when I do that, I might get one text or phone call. Um, but rarely does it ever happen. I'm also not in a lot of people's ICP, yeah. so they may kind of be like, yeah, Richard, we're not calling I you. I don't think people want to talk on the phone anymore. You know, I really don't. People, yeah. I, I'd rather text you back and forth than talk to you on the phone, Richard. <laughs> yeah, that's why I leave you really long voicemails. <laughs> just, yeah, just to irritate me. And it, it works. I changed yeah. my voicemail. I literally changed my voicemail message to say, please don't leave me a voicemail. I won't check it anymore. Mm -hmm. Just text me. I think, I think it's the dip. People are just like uh, maybe more protective of their time a little bit and uh, just prefer this type of communication. Maybe you just be more direct over text, for example. Yeah, right. I, I, I mean, I, I agree. I'd much rather text. Um, I, I think it's when it comes to the, the prospecting part that, that can become difficult. I mean, we we're, we're on any given day, one of our SDRs will make somewhere between 70 to 100 cold calls. Um, and so over the course of a month, we, we see a lot of that data. And of all the you know, thousands of meetings that we book as a company for, for our clients, Pre-COVID, it was about 70% of, of the meetings we book are going to be over the phone and the rest are going to be over email and, and over social. And basically March into April, it only went down to about 63% and it stayed like that the rest of the summer. Wow. Um, we, 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 we saw conversion rates going up, 
Um, and then we saw talk time going up as well. I mean, people are having longer conversations. I think we saw connection rate go up. People were forwarding their desk phones to, to home. Uh, and then especially when you have local presence technology, at that, that just increases the chances already they're going to pick up, especially when they're working from home. They're just seeing a local area code and, and they'll answer it. And there's, there's less, there, there, are a lot, there are fewer obstacles because of, you know, there, there's no gatekeeper in the office. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's been working for, for us. And that's not, not to say that email and social media, all that stuff definitely works as well. Um, you know, but we're thinking about, you know, how, how do we do it, do it at scale? If we, have a, if we have the machine running in the background that's sending the emails and, you know, if picking up the phone and, I mean, it, it, it can do wonders for you still, I think. How do you feel about the local presence stuff? I, I remember um, when it first came out and everybody was like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. But I've, I've seen a decent amount of like uh, backlash or hate on it recently that's disingenuous and whatnot. I wonder if uh, this question is for both of you, I guess. Like, are you guys a, a fan of it or still a fan of it? Or has your opinion changed at all? I, I think people understand the technology more. So, you know, if they do see a local area code, they're less likely to answer it. But I, I don't know. I mean, we, we've always told our SDRs to let us know if they've run into any of those situations. And then this is, this is anytime recent. This is probably, you know, maybe a year or two after we, put the, we actually start using that technology. And we haven't, we never really saw a whole lot of people getting upset at, at, at us for it. Um, a lot of people don't even, like, they don't even think about it. They, they just answer the phone. Um, but I mean, it, it's done wonders for, for us. I think for a lot of SDRs, so I think they're seeing their connection rates rise because of that. I think it's, I think sales leaders are annoyed by it because they keep getting pitched, right? They're getting people coming in and they're being, you know, they're, they're picking up the phone thinking it's urgent. Um, and it's, but I, you know, the, the answer to that question isn't about how anybody feels about it. It's a question of what does the data show you, right? It's a, it's a different mindset. If the data says it's working, then it works. If the data says it's not working, then it's not working. And so to me, it's a data-driven decision um, as opposed to anything else. And you have to be willing to, to Nimitz's point, you've got to be willing to handle any backlash that may come your way. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your, what is your ideal tech stack, right? Like you're hiring an SDR, right? Like what is your tech stack if you're willing to share? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and you're welcome to name names like we don't, you know, they're, you know, we'll sure. send them a bill. Um, <laughs> they, they actually paid me to, to bring them up on this. On, on this I'm sure they did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for our dialing technology, we use Frontspin. Uh, we use, uh, and so what's unique about us is because we will have multiple prospects that we're targeting for multiple campaigns within our, within one CRM. So we use Salesforce. Um, so it's been difficult for us to use certain technologies be, because of that because the cadence can't tell the difference between, you know, Richard Harris that, that this, that we're calling for this client on and then the same Richard Harris that we're calling a different client for. So, um, so we, so we, we, we use front spin for our dialing technology. Uh, we use a mixture of zoom info, uh, discover org, or it's all the same now. Uh, we, we try using rocket reach for mobile. Um, and then we're, we're trialing seamless right now as well. And then LinkedIn sales navigator. Uh, and then I think the single most important technology that we've brought on recently has been call coaching. So, so we use exec vision here internally, but you know, I, I, I've always encouraged SDR teams, whether you have an SDR team of two or SDR team of 10, that you have to purchase a call coaching solution. And I mean, that alone is going to absolutely revolutionize the way that you are onboarding your SDRs and coaching your SDRs. 
how do you so here's one thing i because i had this conversation today was okay so i go get this call coaching tool right and and mm-hmm. they're all good like, you know we all know chorus and gong and exact vision right yep. we know sales loft has one too um what is i'm seeing that people using that as a crutch for managers still not managing and coaching right so as someone who uses it and someone who po- practices coaching how do you get the best results out of a a call coaching tool? So I think first and foremost, you have to create a culture of call coaching. You have to start incorporating that into the requirements of the, the SDR leader and the requirements of the actual SDR. And you have to get multiple levels of management involved in coaching these calls. If I'm an SDR and I see that somebody two or three levels above me, like a VP of sales or even, even a CRO took 10 minutes out of their day to coach one of my calls. And, and, you know, as, as, as you both have seen the, the, the cold culture technology that exists today makes it so easy just to, you know, set aside 10 or 15 minutes and coach a call uh, and leave very, you know, detailed comments and very yeah. you know, actionable things for that SDR to do. As an SDR, I'm going to feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm valued, I'm important. Uh, and I'm, and I'm going to kind of make sure to ask for more feedback. Uh, so, you know, so we, we require our SDRs to coach at least two calls a week. Um, and our, our managers have to coach a certain number per, per week as well. And we incorporate it into our onboarding like crazy. I mean, our entire six week, uh, memory blue Academy, like our, our onboarding program for SDRs, it heavily relies on our call coaching solution and our SDR is actually going out in the wild, bringing calls that are based on the lessons that we've taught them. So if it's, you know, intro and opening statement, they have to go out and get a recording and bring that to the next session of our right, intro is your intro and OS and we, and we break it down. And the next week it's going to be discovery next week, the week after that objection handling and then closing for next steps. Um, so it's just about, if you create that culture and you actually show people how to use it, you know, that, that, that's basically what we've done and just hammered it in to, to how, how, how an SDR needs to kind of what, what, what's part of their job responsibilities. How fat I've got like time for one or two more questions, but how how much can an SDR or any human absorb a piece of tech, right? So if you're onboarding somebody, right, and you've got mm-hmm. Salesforce and you've got, you know, exec vision and you've got, you know, all these, you know, um, you know, Zoom info, like how long does it take for them to get it and use it versus master it? Yeah, I think it, it probably, you know, it, it'll take a few weeks to get used to all of it for sure. Uh, luckily, I mean, outside of Salesforce, uh, the, the other ones are pretty, pretty straightforward and pretty simple to, to use. I mean, a call coaching software is going to be a little more difficult, but when it comes to, you know, a list building solution, that's, that's going to be fairly easy to, to use. I think it's, it's mainly the CRM that, that takes the longest time easily. I mean, if you're just not used to, you've never used it before, or even seen it, it can be pretty difficult to, to use. Um, and, and sometimes it's using Outlook and Excel is the hard part, <laughs> kind of d- depending on the type of person. So um, it, it's definitely going to take some time to, uh, to, to soak it all in. And the mastering is the important part. And again, it's about making sure that you're drilling it in to, to the process and that they, that they understand it. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it's going to take some time. So what do you... Is there one, is there a particular order you have them go in when they learn stuff? So we, we start with the, just the foundations of a cold call, right? Just the anatomy of a cold call. So we, we take them through, 
introduction. How do you open a call? What's the first thing you say? Uh, what's your opening statement? And then how to conduct proper discovery, right? So what kinds of questions should you be asking? How should you be asking them? And we make it foundational that they can take it and apply it to the particular client that they're assigned to, um, right? So we, we make it basic enough. It's a framework that, that, that they follow. And then we talk them through objection handling, right? How, how to handle the most common sales objections. And, and then of course, there's gonna be product specific objections that, that they're gonna work with the client on. But you know, how do you get over the, it's a bad time or no budget, or it's not a priority, I'm not the right person. And then we take them through actually how to close for our next steps. What should you say? It's not as simple as, all right, you, you, you wanna take a meeting, but it's about asking if they have their calendar in front of them. It's asking them about, you know, to make it the best use of their time, what should, what, what should the conversation center around? Uh, and it's about the follow-up. And then we go into how to talk to gatekeepers and then, we, then how to properly list build, which isn't just, you know, export a huge list of names, but it's how do I research each prospect? What kinds of things do I look for? Um, and, then we, and then we spend time on, on emails uh, as well, how to, how to craft certain types of emails. And, so that that's actually that's literally the order that we go in. That I just went through. That's great. So you're you're just you're starting with the with the old school, right? So you're not diving mm -hmm. in on the other. That's great. Well, we got into the time where we do need to actually wrap it up. So um, you know, what can we do for you? How can we be of support to to you? Yeah, I mean, if you know SDRs who are looking for 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 a role, uh, we know we're. I mean, we talked about we're always we're always hiring. Um, Will you hire but, remote uh, now? Will so, you hire them anywhere? So right now we are, are sticking it to uh, the DC area, Boston, Denver, San Jose, and Austin. Uh, soon it. Seattle, hopefully in the, in the next few months. Um, so that, that, that's core sticking to, to be local to one of those cities for, for now. Um, cool. but, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me here. This, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining us. And uh, we come across <clears throat> SDRs and folks like that looking for roles all the time. So we'll be sure to send them your way and uh, turn them on to memory blue. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Appreciate that. Thanks so much. And again, as always, thanks to our sponsors for lead 401 and gong for supporting us um, and doing this, doing all what they can to help the sales community as well. We'll talk to you again soon.